in 2011, Jeff Smith made a cross-country motorcycle trip to Princeton to join his classmates for their 40th reunion. Under the tents that weekend, everyone wanted to hear about his trip. And in the years that followed, two fellow Californians, John Drummond and Brad O'Brien, started angling for spots on the next big adventure. And I thought they were both just kind of all talk. And, uh, and so, yeah, yeah, sure. And then uh, we got up to the time and they were both really excited about going. Two weeks, three motorcycles, and 4,600 miles of open road. Mostly open, at least. That was the journey back to reunions last May for Smith, Drummond, and O'Brien. It was a chance to see America up close and reminisce about Princeton along the way. At the end of their journey, the three classmates sat down with Pa. O'Brien, a California native, recalled not knowing what to expect when he came to Princeton. Yeah, for me, um, I uh, applied to Princeton and accepted sight unseen, so I had not been here before. So when I arrived and realized it was a single-sex institution, I thought I didn't think this one all the way through. But it actually turned out to be, uh, uh, I got quite lucky because I met my wife at Princeton and we're celebrating our 45th wedding anniversary this month. Or, uh, yeah, June. So uh, that worked out. Uh, the intellectual stimulation was a, a big deal for me. I, I was in the Woodrow Wilson School, which was, uh, gave you a chance to take courses from four different departments and, of course, work with some, you know, very, work collegially with some very talented classmates. Drummond and Smith also enjoyed the intellectual qualities of everyday life on campus. Every private university in the country costs about the same number of dollars, but, but here what you get for the same number of dollars is the richest peer group you can imagine. And so, quite apart from the professors being stimulating, that guy in the chair beside you had something to say. And I was impressed. I had never been exposed to a uniformly high, high intellectual standard crowd like that before. One of the things that stimulated me a lot was the intellectual banter that went on outside of class. If you were just walking to dinner or sitting in a living room on some poor furniture, just the discussion level always required you to be on your toes and I really enjoyed that a lot and it changed me a lot in, the, in terms of what the conversations that I have with people. At Princeton in the late 1960s and early 70s, Political activism was growing, largely because of the Vietnam War and the draft. Here again is John Drummond. Well, I, I was from Canada, and I knew very little about the sort of the sociologic disturbances that were ongoing around the war. And I actually have to say right now that one of my truly memorable experiences at Princeton is the night of the first lottery. I was a bystander because I was a Canadian, but it was a night when, you, for the people who are not familiar with this, it was when uh, they drew all the birth dates out of, the, out of, a, out of a, a tumbler and the people with the first birth dates drawn were going to be drafted almost inevitably and those with later birth dates were, not, were unlikely to be drafted and it was a, a night at Princeton that started as quiet as any night there ever was at Princeton and ended as noisy as any night there ever was because people were either, you know, had, had two reasons to either celebrate or be miserable about it about what had just happened to them in the draft. And, and I, I watched the demonstrations at the SDS, and this was eye-opening for somebody who, who had not lived in the United States before. 
So it was really a, a, a sociologic um, sort of political eye-opener for me as, a, as, a, as somebody from outside this country watching all of this. Memories of Princeton were part of the nightly discussions for Drummond, O'Brien, and Smith, but the trip itself was the central topic. From their meetup point in Barstow, California, they drove through Las Vegas, went up through Zion National Park. After that, we passed through Capitol Reef National Monument, which is in the middle of nowhere. But then down through the Colorado River, one of our pictures was taken on a Then cliff, moved into Colorado, uh, through Cortez, we went past and did not We rode the million, million dollar highway between Durango the and Divide. Then down, nipped off the corner of New Mexico, as I mentioned, went down and then into, into We rode Louisiana. the Natchez Trace yeah. Parkway, which is the most mellow road in the United States. There's the Tale of the Dragon, which is a rite of passage for East Coast motorcycles. Caught some rain coming out of there, crossing the and uh, then we rode up to a classmate, Kirk Liddell's uh, horse farm in, uh, near Lancaster, Pennsylvania. For the three Californians, the trip offered different views of the country each day. We went through Las Vegas. We didn't stop. We just went through it. We went through Norfolk, Virginia, which is a, a bigger, not a smaller city, but through the urban area. But other than that, we were in rural areas. The whole so time. the town, the whole time. So the towns we're going through are, are small, and so we roll up to some place, and people would see our California license plates, and we'd say, uh, "Are you guys from California?" He said, "Yeah." But where are you going? We're going to New Jersey. Half the conversations would stop right there. That's all they needed to know. You're doing a big trip. Tell me about your trip. You know, tell me about California. And then every once in a while, somebody would say, "Why are you going to New Jersey?" <laughs> and then we would say, "Well, we're going to our college reunion." And it would stop. The questions would stop. That's all they needed to know. So we're in a part of the world where uh, the Ivy League, Princeton, is it's a very sm it's They know it exists. If you said the name, they would probably know what you're talking about. But they didn't care. It didn't matter. Only 5% of our route was on interstates. It was all two-lane roads through small towns. You'd be slowing from 55 or whatever down to 35, wandering through these towns. And you really get a feel for what small-town America is in different parts mm -hmm. of the country. A lot of it isn't doing real well, uh, some of it is, and uh, you'd see boarded up buildings in the middle of little towns, and then you'd see perfectly neat, well-mown lawns next to, you know, well-painted little houses out there. It was seeing small-town America and seeing how, how, how beautiful it is in so many different parts of the country, from the dry parts to the forested parts, that's a real high point. There weren't many low moments, but one of, one of the low moments was when, I guess as we were coming out of... Pennsylvania, I saw a sign that said, take this turn to New York and New Jersey. And it was wonderful to ride into Princeton, but knowing that this ride was almost over. Do you recall yeah, that sign? Sad. It was really, seeing it, your it first, was one of the uh, only bad moments there was. was yeah, seeing the, how seeing close your first we New Jersey license plate and then realizing that you're getting close to the yeah. end of the ride. That was, uh, you know, you kind of go, well, that's sad. Because we were having such a good time. It was totally epic. Our thanks to Jeff Smith, Brad O'Brien, and John Drummond for sharing their stories with Paul. Brett Tomlinson produced this episode. The music is licensed from First Com Music. No matter how you plan to get back to reunions, if you have a story that you'd like to share with Paul, we want to hear from you. We'll be recording interviews for the next season of Paul Tracks at reunions this June. If you'd like to participate, Click the Share Your Story link at PAW Online or send us an email at paw at princeton.edu.